Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and His precious Son, Jesus Christ. It is a is a blessing to be back again to where we can just sit and commune together and, and listen to the Word of God. And and, and saints, it is, a, it is truly a, a blessing on your part that you will take the time out and say, I'm going to use this time to, to just uh, fellowship in with with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, truly, He desires our our serving Him. He desires to to commune with us, and and it's just a blessing. And I commend you for taking the time and and saying, I'm not going to let nothing uh, separate me from from just spending this time uh, listening to the Word of God. Amen. If you be so kind, open up your your Bibles to Matthew chapter twenty one. That's Matthew chapter 21. We'll start at verse 1. In verse 1 it says, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were come to Bethage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples. What we are seeing here is what Jesus went through and how he prepared For his crucifixion. Just like many of us prepare for our final days, Jesus did the same. Mm -hmm. Saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied, and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. According to the manner of great persons among the Jews, But especially to fulfill the prophecy, the Messiah, a king of the Jews, should come riding upon a colt, which is the fowl of an ass. It would be an ass which no man had rode before. Also, riding a horse represented war, but riding an ass or mule represented peace. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And notice He said, bring them both to me. And if any man say aught unto you, you shall say, the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send them. You see, Christ did not take without the permission of the owner. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell you the daughter of Sion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. Meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the fowl of an ass. In fact, it says in Zephaniah 9.9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the fowl of an ass. Verse 6 says, And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and brought the ass and the colt and put on them their clothes and they set upon their arm, set him thereupon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the, in the way. This is where the Palm Sunday comes from. The Sunday before Easter Sunday, the resurrection day. Spreading clothing 
and putting branches before a king was an expression of great honor, just like pebbles are thrown down before a bride enters. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. You see, this is not only this is not the only time Israel was moved or troubled at Christ's appearance. Once was at his birth with Herod, knowing the king was come. And now just before his crucifixion, seeing the king crucified. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and brought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. Not not even his soon departure stopped him from doing his father's business. People have always taken this to mean the buying and selling of things in the church. But back then, what they were doing was cheating, defrauding, and taking advantage of the poor. They made the temple a place of gain. They had, no, they had to offer a lamb and other things for their sins to be removed once a year. But animals that were lame, blind, sick, they offered, were not acceptable to be offered by, as a sacrifice. They thought this sacrifice would be acceptable by God. In retrospect, when we come and serve the Lord, when we come and present our sacrifice, our bodies, are we giving him our best or is it lame? Do we present our bodies a living sacrifice or sleepy, occupied by texting someone while service is going on? Is our sacrifice holy and acceptable or something else? Do we give him our full attention even now? Verse 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple, and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. You see, the chief men were envious of his popularity with the children. Men get offended when children have anything to do with Jesus, even today. Back then, they could not prevent it, but they were determined to find fault. But Jesus confounded them by appealing and referring to the scriptures in Psalms 8 and 2. Jesus spoke this in the next verse. And he said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have you, not, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise? And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. 
And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only and said unto it, let no fruit grow on this this henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Notice Jesus came, spake to the wind and the waves. He spake to trees and spirits and diseases and they all obeyed. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Everything responds immediately. Only man refuses to follow and listen to the voice of God. The fig tree is symbolic of the nations, communities, churches, and individuals that fail to bring forth fruit to God's praise. In order to be accepted by Christ, it is not enough to have the leaves of an outward person or the appearance. It is not enough to look the part and do nothing. We must be fruitful because a tree that bears no fruit will die and wither away. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not. This is what we strive for, to have faith and doubt not. He said, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Key, asking and believing you shall receive. The mountain is a metaphor. To remove a mountain means you have the power to overcome any difficulties. So by a firm and lively trust in God, you are able to work the greatest miracles in God. And when he was coming to the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority dost thou these things? And who gave thee the, this authority? By what authority was the question and demand by the Sanhedrins and Pharisees? Jesus was making great changes to what was going on in the temple, especially referring to the removal of the buyers and sellers who were merchandising the people. Jesus was no, was no priest to them, and he had no civil or ecclesiastical authority as a Jew. But he came as a prophet and worker of miracles. And Jesus answered and said unto them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you shall, if you tell me, I in likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, whence was it? From heaven or of men? And they reasoned within themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say unto us, Why did you not believe him? But if we say we shall say of men, we fear the people, for all hold John as a prophet. 
And they answered Jesus and said, We cannot tell. And he said unto them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. You see, Jesus was under no obligation to give them an answer. They knew very well by what authority, but they did not believe. Jesus did not conceal his power in working miracles. And he did not keep back his knowledge of who he is. So he referred to a similar case. He took and used wisdom in their craftiness. Now Jesus speaks about another situation to help them see. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether of them twine did the will of his father? They say unto him, the first. Jesus said unto them, verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the hardest go into the kingdom of God before you. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and those of religion. The publicans and harlots were worse than them. The publicans were the worst sort of men. The harlots were the worst sort of women. Jesus is saying these people would repent and enter the kingdom of God before the religious and self-righteous. Today, being religious will not get you a spot in the kingdom. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the publicans and their harlots believed him. And you, when ye had seen it, repented not after that you might believe. Remember, he preached, John preached in the wilderness, repent, saying repent. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about, and digged a wine press in it, and built a tower, and let it out to the husbandman, and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandman, that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandman took his servants, and beat one, and killed another, and stoned another. This is just like the prophets of old have been beaten, stoned, and put to death. Again, he went another he sent another servant, more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him. Let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. For us, Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. When the Lord thereof of the vineyard cometh, which what will he do unto those husbandmen? The householder represents Father God. The husbandmen are the Jews. The question is, what will God do to the Jews when he calls them to give account of their conduct? Jesus was asking, how 
you would properly deal with those type of men. The reason was so they might condemn themselves and admit to the justice of punishment that was soon coming unto them. Verse 41 says, they say unto him, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. When you read this, you see the past sentence upon themselves because of what they did to the son of God. They rejected him as and as and was now no longer worthy of his divine grace. So it was given to the Gentiles. The Jews rejection was the beginning of the Gentile salvation. Jesus saith unto them, did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. This was the answer Jesus was looking for. Therefore, say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. The Pharisees did not concern themselves or understand until Jesus gave them clarity of what was meant. Jesus being rejected and crucified by the Jews became an atonement for the sins of the world. And verse 44, and whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Christ must, Christ himself will fall as a burdensome stone upon all those that have now knowingly, maliciously opposed him. And particularly upon the Jews who not only rejected him, but persecuted him. And when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard his parables, they perceived he spake of them. When the Pharisees came to understand these parables were all applied to them and they were the murderers of the king's son and were the builder that rejected the chief cornerstone, they were enraged and would have laid hands on him if it had not been for the people. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they looked they took him for a prophet, just as they feared to say John the Baptist was of men because the masses took him for a prophet. They feared to lay hands on Christ because they saw him also as a prophet. With that, my time is up and I thank you for yours.